Nativa. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I am wonderful. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been a lot going on, okay? With the pandemic and me moving out of the country and everything. You moved out of the country? Yes, I'm in uh, Merida, Mexico now. Is that, are you planning to stay there? Oh, for now, it's really good, especially with everything going on with COVID. But we planned on traveling throughout different parts of Mexico, finding out more about the Afro-Mexico history, and then going to Colombia and traveling throughout South America. But everything closed now, so... Oh, yeah, particularly to the United States. Um, exactly. That, right? Yes. Yeah, so right oh. now we're staying put. And it's a great place to stay put in. So we're good. Are you near the beach? We are 20 minutes from the beach because I like the more colonial feel. But the beach is closed. So I don't know how we feel about being close to the beach and not being able to go to the beach. So maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's I, a I, good I, thing. Yeah, I think I think uh, we're all trying to find that that little happy place. So before we go any further with our, you and I could probably just chat it up a little bit. Um, I want to welcome everybody to Trade on Marcus. This is Robin Mansell. And I am, as you can probably tell, I'm pretty excited about the guest that I have today because um, you're, you're going to learn a lot from her. And she's been very difficult to get because she is so busy. So I feel so honored that we can um, start your weekend with some really great information. So um, Nativa, the credit Nista, <laughs> she is a lot more than just credit. That you're going to hear, you're going to learn a lot today. Um, and obviously you heard a little bit about her travels that, you know, she has that kind of business where she can be doing wherever she wants. And so Nativa, would you please welcome to the podcast? Would you please tell everybody a little bit about, about you and how you got started? Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me and inviting me and for your patience. I truly appreciate it. Um, Well, I'm Nativa, the Frugal Credinista. I own a uh, financial education services firm where we help our clients to repair, restore, rebuild and transform their scores so they can begin uh, crushing their financial goals. We also own an online DIY and credit and wealth building school, which Robin has been an instructor on, where we help our clients, um, our students rather, to master their money, destroy their debts, and soar their credit scores so they can begin leveraging their finances to create wealth. And I have the free community, Credit Makes Sense, where we talk about money, credit, and everything in between. And that has spearheaded um, some DIY classes and the Credit Makes Sense show on YouTube, where we answer uh, some of our members' most burning financial questions and make sense of them uh, so they can just move on to the next step. People just need clarity because of information overload that's out there. And I've been doing, uh, actually I've been in industry since 2004. I started off in real estate and uh, because I dealt with uh, buyers who looked like me and who were in uh, lower to lower middle uh, income neighborhoods and looking to be homeowners and transform the faces of home ownership inside their community, we often had to work on budgeting and we had to work on uh, sourcing free gift aid for, for them to be able to purchase their home. We had to work on credit in order to meet lending guidelines. And so as a 
Great Recession hit, real estate started uh, tanking. <laughs> That's when I transitioned full-time into uh, financial services and helping people full-time in that area. Wow. So in the real estate industry, you really get a chance to see, um, obviously, because people need to qualify. Um, was that what really kind of um, inspired you to go into um, the what, what is the term you like to use? Because I know there's a, for our listeners, there's a lot of terms that you hear out there. And I was, I was trying to write and he was talking fast. So I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. train myself to slow down. I get that a lot. Um, you know what? I'm not um, stuck on titles. Uh, do I do credit repair? Absolutely. Am I also, you know, a budget, a master of money and I love budgets. I mean, credit repair at the foundation of maintaining your scores is an excellent budget, especially if you plan on um, using credit and your money as a tool. The two go hand in hand. Um, am I also a debt destroyer? Absolutely. I myself have personally crushed. Um, I couldn't even say crushed because I don't even pay it all off. I strategically made sure I settled and, and applied different strategies to get out of over a half a million dollars in debt. So, wow. um, you know, I'm not big on titles. Who am I? I'm a financial educator. Who am I? I'm a certified credit counselor. Who am I? I'm a licensed real estate broker. <laughs> you know, many things. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the frugal creditista. So that name title fits. And um, I just love financial literacy and how it uh, brings about the peace of mind that we need to be able to clear the clutter around our money so we can be utilizing it to accomplish our financial goals. I, I would say that it is the foundation, wouldn't you say, for pretty much everything that we do, making sure that we have good, solid credit? Oh, yes, definitely part of the foundation. If I had to list everything that's a part of the foundation, it would start with mindset. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize some of the limitations I had as far as my mindset until it came to starting my own company, uh, because there's a level of comfortability that you have there. And so mm -hmm. it starts with mindset, pushing past your own limitations, uh, exploring what we must may have thought was impossible, and then begin changing our financial habits. You know, to change habits and get there and go through that uncomfortability that comes with changing habits, it mm -hmm. requires mindset and constantly feeding it with new and exciting possibilities. From there, it has to be in our money. The money is necessary. Credit is nothing more than a snapshot or reflection of what our financial behaviors are when it comes to meeting our financial responsibilities. Uh, from there, credit. Then from credit, you got your money, you got your credit together. Now it's time to look at uh, my financial house and how on point that is. So that's a matter of insurance and career and uh, financial goals and things of that sort. So a lot goes into financial uh, foundation before you start going up the pyramid, so to speak, and start thinking about entrepreneurship and and, you know, investing and ownership and things of that sort. That is powerful what you said. Um, and starting with mindset is that that's a key part of everything. And you don't always hear people say that first. And wh what did you notice about people to make you realize that mindset had to play a huge part? I know I wrote down some of the things that you said because they're you have you have really powerful uh, snippets, or um, I don't even want to call them cliches, but they they're they're very powerful points that you make. That I was as somebody who's done a lot of mindset, who's done mindset myself, but has also used that for personal development and growth. 
I'm sitting here like, okay, I guess I'm gonna be listening to this podcast over and over because you are dropping nuggets. Oh, I thank you. Look, that's why I probably need to slow down talking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's only been eight minutes. We've only been on this for eight minutes. In the first few minutes, we talked about your travels, which I am going to go back to that. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I brought, a, I brought a notepad in here with me. And I can't keep up with you. <laughs> I can't keep up with you. I can't be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. She said, mindset, past limitations, change habits. Uh, okay. And, and I'm big on note, notes. I, I think people that take notes and that is a heavy, heavy part of mindset. So I want, I want to start, I want to, I want you to touch into that a little bit more because as a person, I've been self-employed for 30 years and I, what I see from people, you and I are in several groups together. Mm-hmm. Um, and mindset is huge because that's the one area where I start to get concerned about people is, mm-hmm. Yeah, how they think. So talk, can you expand on that a little bit more? Because I think people need to to really hear what you have to say about that because it isn't it isn't just about the money. I tell people all the time, you can make money. Money's easy to make. The problem is having the right mindset to keep it. And then of course, as you're speaking about to grow it um, generationally. So Give us a little bit more about the mindset because I think that's crucial. And I know you're just going to drop more and more nuggets and I got my pen out. So go ahead. (laughs) Mindset. Honestly, I grew up, it started, you asked me where it started from. It it didn't start externally. It started with myself. I grew up on the west side of Chicago, single mom, um, seeing what a poor mentality keeps you in, what lack of opportunity, what systemic racism all around me, what fatigue look like when you're striving and you finally give have given up. And mm-hmm. um, I remember I was listening to Patrice Washington, who's uh, finance. She's been in financial realm, financial education realm, Steve Harvey Morning Show, all over the place. And I remember mm-hmm. she's saying that if you want to achieve true wealth, you have to start with the mindset first. And I was like, why is this lady lying? Like, what? <laughs> I want the money in my hand. Don't tell me about a mindset. But as I started to go through the rebuilding mode, as I started to sit down and really determine what it was that I wanted, and it went against everything that I had physically um, experienced and what I had seen, I knew that I had to get that vision first in my own head and then believe that it was truly possible. And so that involved me re-educating myself. I had to read. I had to learn what it meant to really be in control of my money. I had to learn what it means to tell myself no and what delayed gratification looks like. I had to learn what it meant to not spend because I have it, uh, but spend on purpose and with a plan. And so that takes some you really define everything that you've grown and uh, learned to be. And I see that a lot with my students and my clients. They um, say can't a lot. I give up. And there's just a defeatist attitude when it comes to doing something that becomes hard. But we know that nothing, nothing, nothing can be accomplished unless we are willing to break through past beliefs, limiting beliefs, and um, 
go through that level of just extreme uncomfortability and everything that we attach ourselves to as to who we are in order to get to the next level. And literally every level that you cross over to, you go through the same thing. I'm going through one right now. <laughs> you go through the same thing, that level of uncomfortability, and you think, oh, is this enough? Like, is this, is this, you know, I'm, I'm okay here. And then to know that there's still so much in you to be accomplished and you just have to uh, push yourself in order to get there. And all of that is is, is a mindset, is willpower. It's um, really knowing who truly and inwardly who you are and whose image you're in and what you're capable of. So it's, it's, it's quite a bit of a journey, but it's an exciting journey. But it all starts first with that first step of saying, okay, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. Do I have everything in me? And if you are doubting yourself, then that's when you know you need to start pushing, uh, feeding your mind with the possibilities of what who you are, who you really are, not what everything in past experience has led, led you to believe you are. So you said several things in the beginning that I want to touch on because um, especially as people of color, um, it's really important. I hope people heard what you said that, you know, and coming from, uh, did you say the south side of Chicago? The west side. The west side, okay. And then you also said of being a single mom. So what did, did, did was mindset something that you grew up hearing? Because what I'm, what I'm getting at is, and, and you do provide this, I think what we need are solutions. And I think we need to hear about things done in a different way. So it's really important to hear your as you gave your story, what you came from and when you made the decision that you knew it had to change there in the mind. Because I think both of our goals, I know both of our goals are really to impact our community and to help us get out of something that maybe had seemed normal. So do you find that was mindset something you grew up hearing about? Family members? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not being raised by a single mother you hear about survival um okay. you hear it, it's all about survival uh when there's one income and and that's all you know your mom has to rely on it's about working it's about occasionally going to school if she has the time but it's really about survival and some will take that as a this is way my way of life and some will take it as i don't want to live like this and how do you reach, I mean, really nobody else can reach. That has to some come out of that person. So you have some people who I will say are in the hood and they are like, you know what, this is, this is what life is. And mm -hmm. then you have those who are saying there has to be more. I was the, there has to be more person. And my mom never stifled that. Yeah, there is more. <laughs> that was the conversation. There is more. I don't know how you're going to get it, but there is more. Um, is it school? Okay, well, you know, we have a lot of people who go to college, but guess what? They're still broke, and some of them are still in the hood with us. So it can't just be education. What is it? And so for me, I literally had to get myself out the hood to experience something, to see what else was out there. And there are some people who have never left the hood, never left the state, Um and that's never even went to downtown Chicago. I was shocked to see how many people um, had never, you know, been to the beach, never been to downtown Chicago, never been to our museums, mm -hmm. never been to um, any of the places that makes Chicago a tourist destination. And it's because we become ingrained that the hood is what what it is. This, this is it. And so in order for me to see something different, I had to experience something different. And that was literally me venturing off 
Now, is that mindset or what? No, at the time it wasn't mindset. It was just seeing what's out there. Sometimes we have to feed our dream even when um, it doesn't quite seem possible yet. And that's why one of the things I used to do with my real estate clients, even my students today, is to go out there and start building your dream. Sometimes you don't even know what it is until you go out there and start reaching and seeing and exposing yourself to new things. And so we would do um, dream uh, house hunting with our dreams just to see what's out there. Open houses. Let's go on there. Let's, you know, even what now we talk about vision boards, that's where all of that came from. It's building your dream of what's possible because once we see it, we see that it's tangible and it's real. Now it's like, okay, how can we implement the steps in order to get there? That is so powerful what you're saying. I hadn't even thought of it in that way. Um, the survival mode, when you're in survival mode, they say that when people are in um, survival, there's, there's fear, there's fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You either fight for something different, like you said, or you just, you just let it go. I mm -hmm. guess you could associate that with the dreams. And so I grew up in South central LA. Um, and I didn't, I didn't see it that it was the hood. Um, I grew up off of uh, Crenshaw and Slauson. Um, the area Nipsey Hussle um, is from. And, but what's interesting is my parents moved us to the suburbs right when I was supposed to go to high school. They were like, eh, nope, we're going to go move. But I will say that you, the points that you brought up that, that have a lot to do with exposure is that every, now that I'm sitting back and thinking about it because of speaking to you, every weekend, my parents took us all throughout, we, this is, a, you know, Southern California, so there's a lot of ground to cover. And we mm -hmm. went to museums, we went to plays, we went to concerts. It was every weekend, we went to every museum, every amusement. We really saw, even though it was just Southern California, which is a, you know, pretty big area, I'm now thinking because of what you said is that we were exposed to a lot. Mm-hmm. And that exposure is probably what had me thinking, oh, there's, I, I could do this or I could do that, even though we were living in quote unquote the hood. Mm -hmm. It was a different conversation, perhaps, that was going on. So I guess I didn't see it in limiting, but I think that's really important that people know that there are more things out there. And I, I can remember, um, taking some kids to the beach who had never been to the beach. So I, I hear what you're saying about people who outside of their area. So all they know is what they see. Exactly. And so I, you, I, well, just think about where we would be if we'd never had that exposure, what we would we think is possible? What would every day yeah. look like for us? What would our goals look like for us? Yeah if we That's didn't really just powerful. see something different. And even like now we make way more money, most of us than our parents made um, while growing up, but we still carry some of those limiting beliefs and complacency in certain moments of our lives. And um, even now we have to kind of, you know, am I really working at my full potential? Am I, you know, we mentioned about changing uh, our community. Are we serving to the full extent? Are we reaching as many people as we could? So that's kind of, you know, it's a different conversation, but it's still the point of reaching further um, and going to that next level, that next level, that next level. So it's a constant um, up-leveling. 
which is, you know, it's exciting, but it's also fear with some fear. And it's always like, oof, we older now. We tired, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you notice this too? That you made a comment that we're making more money than our parents, but do you notice that our a lot of people's time is less? Yes. Because working so hard for the money that, so there's a phase, right? Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. our parents were in their phase. Now we're almost a lot of people. I, I, I did not fall into that trap, but a lot of people have fallen into the trap where now you're working so hard for that money that that you, you're not even having the time or the freedom to do the things that you need. You, we've arrived to a particular level but I'm running into a lot of people that are looking up at 45 and 50 and saying, there's got to be more than this. Absolutely. And that's why one of the reasons why we started traveling like crazy. Um, I saw my uncle pass from cancer. And I mean, he literally did everything possible to make sure his last year, his last time on earth was like to the fullest extent and all of the family members you need to sit down somewhere i remember at his last birthday party he loved to uh step which is a dance for those of you who don't know (laughs) and um he would uh he was they were holding him up on the dance floor because he was so weak that he couldn't stand and i mean he was dressed sharp to the t and that's what he wanted to do for his last birthday and um it just struck me how he was holding on to life and here we are healthy and we're doing what? Working like crazy? Are we really spending as much quality time as we want to uh, with our kids? So literally, he passed. And that next day, I was like, we're selling the house and I'm going traveling. <laughs> Are you coming? That was a conversation because for 10 years, we'd been married. My husband is the kind that likes to, type of person that likes to be in one place and he can live there forever. And that's never been me. And I was like, listen he did everything possible to hold on to life because he wanted to ensure that, you know, before he got to the point where he was totally immobile, that he was just tasting everything that life has to offer. And here we are, we're living, we're healthy mm-hmm. right now, but we're in our, you know, early forties. What's going to happen uh, 10 years from now? No, mm-hmm. we have to live now. Take, take, take advantage of uh, the opportunities that we have now. And it was the best move for us. So I'm happy with it. When was that? When did that happen with your uncle? That was last year year when he passed. And that was November. And we sold the house and and put some things in storage and uh, rented out, make sure all of our rentals were on point, and then sold the ones that were um, kind of required too much of us, too much touch. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was it. We bounced. So it it wasn't even a full month. (laughs) Okay, so you month you're living the you're living the dream so what you're what you're talking about is what i hear a lot of people i'm i'm that huge impact i i can literally as you're talking to me i'm seeing your uncle on the dance floor because i think there are moments like that that cause a huge impact in our life and obviously it it really did for you mm-hmm. um and so now what i want you to do because that that's a perfect segue that is a perfect segue to what are the things we need to do? I, I, I got a lot out of what you said, mindset. That's powerful. That's, that's powerful. And you guys, you're going to get a chance. You're going to find out where to go, where you can follow Nativa and 
you're going to learn. You're going to get all of her information. But I, this is a journey that she's taking you on right now. So it's really important that I hope you guys are because I'm I'm that person that I see things like I can remember those those uh, monumental moments that when a parent or a grandparent or a aunt or uncle said something to me that affected my life. And I can literally see them when I remember certain things. So I'm trying to paint a picture for everybody that's listening because I know a lot of people also who retired, they did everything they were supposed to do, they retired, and then a year later they died. Mm. A lot of people, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to people who that happened. You know, they worked their entire life to retire. Um, and they want to do all the things that they, you know, didn't have the time to do because they were so busy either working, taking care of kids, five, that they are expecting this to be the time. And I can't even give you, tell you the numbers of people who've done that and worked and then, you know, get to retirement and they don't, they're not around for that long. And mm -hmm. I actually did the reverse. I haven't had a job for 30 years. I, I left, I left the, the phone company mm -hmm. um, 30 years ago because I wanted my freedom. I was going through a divorce. I have three, uh, three sons and I just could not do it. I couldn't do it. I, I kept thinking, I'm never going to see my kids. I'm never going to see my kids. I'm going to just keep working. The only way I'm going to make more money, and especially back then, it wasn't the, the opportunities that we have today uh, to pivot. If you back then needed to make more money, you had to get a second job. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't the world we live in today. So that's where I want to segue into because you are the age of a lot of the people that I'm talking to that are coming to us looking for solutions. So what I want you to do is I want you to take people through the steps that you would recommend that you've seen in your own life that they need to do. So we got mindset. We know that, but credit is a powerful tool. So, and your money, how you use your money is mm -hmm. a powerful tool. So I want you to really tell us what you see as the path that people should be taking to get where they need to be so that they can do like you and say, Hey, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one was mindset. Number two would definitely be uh, establishing financial goals. I always tell people to do a brain dump. What do you really want? Something happens to dreaming after I would say about 35, 30, 35, where I noticed that the limitations start creeping in as if we've already, you know, we're, we're you know, we're old now. I started hearing it at 30. I'm like, really? Come on now. But it's true. And so go back to that child lake stake and start establishing some solid financial goals, what you want um, your, your life to look like, what you desire, and then start prioritizing them. And that's why we often see uh, people say, rank your uh, the timeline of your goals from three to six months or from six to 12 months and five plus years and things of that sort. But really start just brain dump first and then, establish, and then um, prioritizing them or when you want to start crushing them. Next, you want to start looking at your money. One of the things that was a huge change for me because I used to see my mom write out her budget on a piece of paper and it was more so seeing who was going to get paid, who wasn't going to get paid, um, how we can dodge them since she wouldn't be able to pay them. And then it was, um, you know, how can we avoid going to zero before we get to actually eating 
or, or going mm-hmm. grocery shopping and things of that sort. And so that's what budgeting was for me. It was an, it's what broke people did. It was limitations and I wanted to be free. And because we made a decent amount of money together, that's the power of a dual household when you're young, especially, and relying on your nine to fives. Um, the power of a dual household is that you have this extra income to rely on that my mom did not have. And mm-hmm. when we started budgeting and I wanted to live on one income so that we can start rebuilding off of the other income, I got a lot of pushback. And so mm-hmm. I do want to tell those of you who have spouses that sometimes you're going to have to move alone until they see what you're actually doing. And I don't okay, know. If hold, up, it. Hold, <laughs> up. hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> you're going to need to repeat that. You will. You, you, you are going to need uh, look. Okay. You are going to need, you, you should see me where I am. My hand is up. Like I'm in church. <laughs> my hand is up. That is powerful because you are telling the truth and people don't like telling the truth. You are getting, you are getting raw right here because you're saying what is, I, I, a lot of what you said, I've, I've thought about, I've talked about, but I'm, I'm telling you what you just, you go ahead, back up, rewind, explain that to them again, what you just said about the, you may have to move. You, just, say you have to separate you, the relationship. No, you no, 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 no. You, uh, you know, we're married. I mean, we're, you know, we're married. However, mm-hmm. there's uh, different backgrounds. You know, there's different mm-hmm. relationships with money and money is very personal. And so when I was going on the we're going to live off of one income, <laughs> I'm never going to be in the financial strife again. I don't want to spend the rest of my days struggling. I also don't want to spend the rest of my days working for someone else that was foreign to him because he grew up as um, someone who saw his mom working two, three jobs. And if you wanted more money, like you said, you got another job. I'm not doing that. I wasn't going to work myself to a bon- to the bone, get it two jobs. Like it just not was it just wasn't something I was going to do. And I also didn't like operating broke. And so when I started to write out our income, like I saw my mama did, started writing out the expenses, like I saw my mama did, I did not see um, lack of. And I know that's because there's another income in the household. So since mm-hmm. we are able to operate just fine off of two incomes, where is all of this extra money going to crap, eating out? You know, getting new uh, clothes every now and then because, you know, we, we, we've uh, established that how we look is how we present ourselves to the world instead of what's in our head and what our bank accounts and what our net worth is like. And so as I started to change my mindset, his was still there. And so I realized if I, even though it's supposed to be we, but no, if I knew <laughs> that I wanted to reach a certain lifestyle point, I had to move alone. And so people might call this financial infidelity. Um, like one person told me, it wasn't that I would, you know, how some people are like, oh, if your wife has a credit card or, you know, a secret bank account, that's financial infidelity. I'm not bringing us into um, lack or insolvency. I'm making sure that we have a good emergency fund. I'm making sure that we have something to fall back on. I'm making sure that we're in a position to take advantage of assets. So I started a bank account that he had no knowledge of whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. I did not have my income deposited in our joint bank account anymore. (laughs) I made sure that we did have a joint IRA account that was separate from my 401 bank account. And I just started moving along and he would try to get upset and he would try to, but as soon as emergency hits, and we had the money and we didn't have to go rely on credit cards or going to get 
what was he doing? What's that? Uh, payday loans or anything like that? Oh no, we got it. We're about to go on vacation. Oh man, we got to get. Uh, his mom got sick. We have to do an emergency trip, which was an eight-hour distance drive and all of that. Oh no, I don't want to put these miles on a car. I wish we could rent a car. Oh no, we got it. He's like, huh? What you mean we got it? You've been holding out on me? No, this is what an emergency fund is, sir. This is what I've been telling you. <laughs> this is what I've been telling you about. So you had to do what you had to do and 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 set a different example for him, right? Mm-hmm. So that he, because, okay, this is, a, I, I can see a book out of this. I don't know if you did, but I can see a book on financial infidelity, the myth, the myth of financial infidelity. And I'm telling you this because of my own, um, my relationships. I'm also telling you this because of people that I've spoken to. I n- I've never heard that. I've never heard the word before the phrase you just gave. That's why I say you are. Really? We're going to have some, um, some of your, um, isms. You need a, a book, a guide, something with some of your isms. Cause I would buy that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Take my credit card or PayPal. No, seriously. You are, um, you, that's why when I came, you came on the call, I said, she's so much more than just credit. I mean, I knew how powerful you were. I didn't know. I, I wanted to get you on this call because I didn't know I'm all some of these parts I was missing, but this part, okay. I got to talk about this part because I know a lot of women go through this and don't, sometimes we think it is infidelity if we're not going along with the program, but you, you so eloquently I, I haven't had a major wake-up call listening to you right now. Um, oh, wow. Thank you. No, huge, huge. You, you don't even know. And I guarantee you a whole, whole bunch of other women will too. Because I think we confuse what's doing the best for the family, even if one person doesn't go along. Because there's a saying that goes in business and in companies, they go, when two people are not in agreement, one person is going to win. One's going to win, the other's not. I love the way that you did this. And obviously you guys have a very solid relationship to be able to do this. But just the fact that you said this was not financial infidelity, you made it clear to him, uh, uh, you know, you as clear as you could make it, but you were going to do it anyway because it was for the better of the good. And so it reminds me of, do you remember the scene in the movie uh, Jump the Broom, the end where the... Angela Bassett, the, the, um, it was the very end of it. They're walking in this field and he's saying, I'm broke. I don't have any more money. And she says, Oh, I got money. I got money. <laughs> she put money away. Like you're, you're, you're he, he was like, I'm totally wiped out. We're probably going to lose the home. We're probably going to see there's a big difference in that. I, that So that's the scene that I'm seeing in my head. I don't know what that's called, but I have to see something. It's a, but I remember that scene in the movie. And in fact, I'm going to find it and give it to you. If you Have you seen the movie? I know it's been so long. Like, okay. I don't even remember it. But it's something that, that that stood out to you. Yeah, it did. Because I want you to go to, I'm going to find the clip and give it to you. Because it's the very end. And it is a course or something for you because I know there are thousands of women who are going through this. And let me tell you what they're feeling. They're feeling I'm being sneaky. They're feeling, are they feeling what you just said, a financial infidelity. Um, they're feeling they don't have a choice. Um, 
big ups to you for doing this because they're like I said, he didn't even know that she was, was doing this. And you trained your husband to see that it was the best thing for the family. And now I'm let sure me do this because he hates to hear trained. But one thing I was gonna say that too. I was gonna say that because you're not the first person to say that. I always say I didn't train him because we had conversations beforehand. Like um, instead of having like people like, oh, he won't do a budget. I no longer did budgets with him. I would take him dreaming with me. Oh, let's go here and let's go see this house. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we lived here? Where would you travel at? And I still ask these questions. If you had a million dollars right now, like what would you do? And so I Mm -hmm. started him dreaming again because sometimes we can be so stuck in what our current reality is that we can't see what our future reality could be. And Mm -hmm. so I would just do dream building with him. And so then it was like, okay, so this is where you obviously want, because he hadn't thought like that in a while, because all he knew was to work, 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 work. And he's a great, um, he's a hard worker. Even now, this is one hardworking man. So it wasn't like the man was bad or the man was broken. The man was just who he was and his relationship with money was like it was because of how he grew up. But now we can have something different. What do you want for our son? What type of lifestyle do you want to provide for him? What did you experience while you were going to college? You had to do it all on your own. Is that how you want our child to be? So just asking those pointing questions, it started getting him thinking differently. How can I give my child, my son, you know, this is a man, how can I give my son um, uh, the foundation that I didn't get? So once we start having those conversations, then there starts to bend. But trust me, there were some arguments. I'll never forget an argument we had in Walmart, honey. We were a ghetto hot mess up in Walmart. <laughs> 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 he got upset. I had budgeted to the T, okay, the T, because I was doing the envelope system. And here he go, picking up the most expensive gum on the shelf when I had already picked out the one. Um, that I said he could get, right? See that control that I said he can get. It's like, listen, I'm going to get the gum that I want. You put that gum in this cart. Did you say gum like G-U-M? Yes, honey, gum. (laughs) But (laughs) he put that gum in the cart and right in the aisle, I pushed the cart back up. You buy this, it's your D-cell. I am sick of it. Walked out the store. You don't control me. It was a hot ghetto mess. What did we learn from that? How he views control, me having to acquiesce towards certain things. And then we learned he needs his own spending account from all of that. <laughs> so in addition to <laughs> in addition to this, you do marriage counseling too. No, no, no. But that was hilarious because after that, this is why communication is so important. Because after you come back and you communicate, you have to be able to express freely how you feel while the other person shuts up. Okay, so how I did you know. get how did you get like this? How did you Looking get like <laughs> A, when you see a whole bunch of like you grew up uh you said your mom and your dad. So you grew up in mm-hmm. a two parent household. Mm-hmm. I grew up with two divorced parents who often argued. And so I knew that I just didn't want that drama in my life. And so when things get heavy, I bounce. I'm an introvert. I don't like to argue. I'm the one that's going to walk away. I'm not going to hold a grudge long. And if there's too much stress or tension in the household, then I'm just not, that's not my house anymore. That's not the type of household I want to be in. Him knowing this would say, because he could keep a grudge for, woo, this honey, that that ego and that temper. And it's not even really a temper. It's the attitude. You know, okay. it's like I'm mad. 
So it's not like he's going to explode. He's just going to have an attitude, not talk to you all day. What you want a house with me? And you're not going to talk to me every day. Like, what? what is that? So <laughs> once we kind of knew how each other communicated, we have to talk. And that's why you see when I was able to say, listen, no, I'm not depositing my money in there. And this is why. That's uh-huh. why I worked for us. That's why I worked for us. Some of you may have to sneak and just do a little bit. Well, you know, let's do our own spending account. You do this, you do that. And, you know, yours may be saving. The main thing is he worked hard. He wanted to be able to get what he wanted. Uh, and my thing was, well, get what you want, but within reason, but also keep a hold of all of this dream building goals that we said we were going to establish for ourselves. So then the gratification came in. So do you think that this is something, because it sounds like you guys, it, it, it happened in the course of, your marriage and your relationship and you've been married over 10 years now right mm-hmm. so do you think that this is something that should be a discussion before because i know there's a lot of people that some of that would be a deal breaker for so do you think that this should be a conversation or maybe look maybe a class <laughs> something that people should do before Talk about finances. Absolutely. Absolutely. But a lot of people are ashamed. A lot of people um, think that that's invasive, which is interesting. You see a lot of uh, like I do um, financial coaching. And, you know, in some cases we do have couples and um, both of them present. And just the relationship with money is very interesting, how they feel about money and how uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. It's like a forbidden Mm -hmm. conversation. And Mm -hmm. it's like listen, you're working every day for what? Money. You're living in something that requires money. You're utilizing utilities that requires money. You want to take vacations. You want to um, help your children with school. All of that requires what? Money. You want to retire. You're going to have to have what? Money. So there needs to be conversations and goals and making sure that you're on the same um, the same frequency. One thing, yes. I, even though we had different money, uh, different relationship with money and, and uh, what it meant to and how we created it. Like I always knew I was going to be a business owner. One thing that never wavered was A, his love for me and B, his love and uh, self-sacrifice for his family. As long as I had that foundation and remember, I didn't grow up with a father in a household. I knew that we would be okay. That is powerful. That You, you just gave us such a powerful foundation that everything that you just said, which has a absolutely nothing to do with the (laughs) (laughs) if people thought look if people thought they were coming on here and you were going to give them tips about your credit you what you just gave this entire I'm again I I you know I usually do these podcasts and I do them and of course I'm I'm listening to them while I'm doing it I'm going back and I'll be taking notes with yours you are such a just powerful woman just a powerful there's so many adjectives I can use for you and I mean no seriously it's 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 deep it's it's so I I really hope idea this is where we were going with this call um but I think what you're saying are the things that people need to hear to make them think we need to think about our lives. We need to think about our communication. We need to think about what we're doing. We need to think about what where we're going. And this is what is different about you, is that there are, you said something else. Like I said, I'm writing so many notes with you. Um, 
about information overload. Mm -hmm. And how do we know, because there's so many people out there selling what looks to be the same thing. You know, like, okay, so why do I go here versus here? Because when someone comes and this is what I'm getting out of this. Anybody can fix your credit. You could do your credit yourself if you want you sure to. You can educate yourself. That's why I have the DIY school, right? I teach you how to do it yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but there's, you but yourself. you're doing, this is what differentiates you from other people though. I hope you get that. You, you, you know, you'd probably do it so naturally you may not think about it, but I am telling you from someone who's been out there in the world, and this is all I've done for, for 30 years as an entrepreneur, you bring a, a whole meal to the table. You're not a, you're not an appetizer. You not but you bring the whole meal here. Hey, it's like you know it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because when I tell people, listen, I'm not, you know, a credit repair company. I'm a gold crusher's credit coach. So when you come to me, I need you to have a goal in place. And mm. there's a difference between coaching and credit repair. Like we have a credit repair services. And I made sure that we included my um, DIY school as a part of the credit repair services because I want them to think about mindset. I want them to think about investing. I want them to think about um, side hustling and not solely relying on your income in order to meet your financial goals. Um, I want them to think about that as we're doing something, like you said, they can learn to do themselves, which is disputing on their behalf. And I have had literally this week, two people said, well, I'm not paying for classes. I'm paying for credit repair. And I'm like, okay, listen, if you want somebody to just randomly send out disputes for you, then this is not the company for you. <laughs> yeah, like you can't yeah. come to me and I see my people need more. And tell me, well, I don't need that. This is what I need. Like, we're still right. repairing your credit, ma'am. However, your one person was going for her doctorates. I'm like, why are you trying to accomplish that if you don't plan on, you don't, you know, there's not a savings account. There's not even an established emergency fund. There's um, no investing further than your company's 401k. And you don't even understand what you're investing in per month to see if you're really maximizing that. There's no understanding of how money works in your relationship with that money. Yeah. Uh, like let's 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 really go to the core because credit is just a part of your financial plan. It is not the plan. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just a part of it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I love educating in general, but yes. I mean, credit repair is credit is huge in the American society. Absolutely huge to the point where because my businesses are in the U.S. because I have property in the U.S., I still want to ensure that my money is on point because if I ever have to pull on credit lines, if even my uh, bond and my my bonds and my license and all insurance, all of that is based on my credit score. And mm -hmm. so if I want to keep paying the amounts that I'm paying, the lower amounts that I'm paying, so it doesn't become a huge business expense, I have to ensure that my credit, my U.S. credit remains on point. Many people, you know, cell phone bills, utilities, it's so ingrained, even jobs in most states. Yeah. If you can get a promotion, if you can get to that next level and up level your, your income on a nine to five level, that's based mm -hmm. on your credit. Yeah. Pretty much everything is nowadays. But what I what what I love what you're saying is um, again, just from notes and listening to what you're saying, core is a important word, and so is um, when you talked about the financial pyramid. What what I was just having this conversation um, the other day with one of my business partners, and I was saying, I get hit with a lot of people wanting me to to um, sell 
whatever it is, the different things. I get a lot of offers and opportunities brought to me about different things. And I told him, I said, the problem that I see is that there are a lot of people just out there, they're so focused on selling their one thing that they're trying to get you to buy that they're not looking at the total picture. They're not looking at bringing this all together and helping you on a whole. So they're so quick to sell something that they don't even ask you about yourself. They don't even ask you, like, well, what do you want your life to look like? Where do you see yourself five years from now? You said all this. This is what's so interesting to me is because, again, I had no idea where this call was going to go. But I just had this conversation. I said, they don't even get to know you and find out what you want. They're so busy trying to sell you. So that woman that you were talking about and others and a whole lot of others are just concerned with the thing. Mm -hmm. They just want the thing. I'm just trying to get that thing right there. And so that's why she don't want to pay for the classes. Because they aren't, they don't even realize, I don't think, that there's more to it than you just being able to get this car or you just being able to get this house or you just being able to get those shoes. What do you want your life to look like? And that is honestly why people end up getting plan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they didn't they didn't they they didn't take the time to figure out it's more into this whole game of life than you just trying to acquire stuff. Like what what do you want your life to look like? And that's what I love about you because there are people that, you know, sell insurance uh, investments and different things. But the reality is there is a financial pyramid and you want to fill in based on, it's really based on what you, what you want your life to look like and where, what are you trying to achieve? Exactly. And you don't have to be everything to everybody, but right. there are so many incredible financial uh, professionals out here so when someone says, you know, Forex trading and anything, you know, I already know I'm sending them to you. Hey, she did a Q&A inside of the, you know, inside of your client learning center. Go and view that. I left her contact information there. That's who you want to be with. But at least I know what you're interested in. And I right. can you to that person. So if you want to focus on just insurance, great. But if they need that credit credit uh, prepared, bring them to me. The frugal credit okay. needs stuff. They need, um, if they want to learn how to invest in real estate, have a contact person to bring them there. Be invested in them getting to that next level, even if it doesn't involve you. Okay. See, <laughs> you, uh, girl, I'm over here. Like, I like, I want to do that dance, like that meme where that lady dancing in the church because you, I, I, this is the message. So you did it for me because everybody's been trying to get me to, uh, you did it for me. I'm, I am going to be posting this podcast everywhere because when you really take a genuine interest in people, it isn't just that one thing. Like you just said, I, when I have conversations with people, I listen to what they're saying. And then I'm automatically thinking who I can place them with who can get them that part piece of their life that they want. But a lot of people, and I just told a guy, this insurance guy, I said, look, I would love to interview you, but the problem I'm feeling is that you're just so focused on that, that you're not looking at their whole picture. And I think even if you don't cover it, like you said, like a person could be telling them that, well, I'm having some credit issues. Well, you should have somebody in your portfolio that you can assist your clients with. 
I'm just really big on making sure that you can point people in the in the right direction because it, it I think it makes people feel like you care more about them. They're not just one sale with you. And um, so have people that are part of your community. And that's really what you are. So what I want you to do, because I think that I think everybody got a really good feel for you. you you're just this is just amazing. I want you to now tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Um, give them everything. Let us know how we can get to you, how we can get more of this, how we can get better. Because I know a ton of people that need to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. So if you are looking for credit services, the place to go is SOAR, S-O-A-R, myscores.com, soarmyscores.com. And that's where you're going to see a list of all of our um, credit services. If money and debt elimination, if you need assistance with crushing your uh, debt, that's where you're going to go is budgets.mnhfinancialservices.com, budgets.mnhfinancialservices.com. And if you are looking for my online DIY credit and wealth building school, that is creditonfire.us creditonfire.us. And as I mentioned, that's what we talk all about, uh, mastering your money, destroying your debt, soaring your credit scores so you can begin leveraging your finances to create wealth. And that's what I mentioned is Robin is there. There's real estate investing courses in there, tax lien investing, investing in stocks, investing in marijuana. Like we talk about everything, entrepreneurship, jobs on fire. That's because I want to expose you to as many areas that you're probably going to need to up-level your life. And I'm not the professional to do. I'm a financial educator. I stick to what I know. <laughs> but I also stick to creating a list of people whom I trust for you to um, go to to seek that um, additional knowledge. So that's what Credit on Fire is all about. It's a phenomenal community. And uh, if you're at the point where you want to learn more about me and say, hey, then you can head on over to the main site. You'll see the link to my free Facebook group and my services and just uh a plethora of information. That's mnhfinancialservices.com. Now, M-N-H, those initials, right? M-N-H? Yep. Okay, I want to uh, make sure everybody gets in the right place. So M is in Mary, N is in Nancy, H is in Happy. Yep, so that's Malcolm Nativa Heard. Okay, and it's yep. financial services? Yep. And they can find this all on Facebook, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, they. I, I want everybody to come over. I will... Um, I make sure that everybody gets this information because this is really powerful. And did you also say that Credit on Fire has a group on Facebook too? Credit on Fire is a full academy. Our private study group is on Facebook. Um, okay. I think you're, you're inside of there. So that's I where am, yes. We have conversations, <laughs> um, people ask questions. It's more private. So since they are students of the online DIY school, Okay. They can, uh, you know, they'll post their budget and say, hey, can you help with this? Or they'll post, you know, something on their credit report. They'll say, hey, I just got this um, job offer. And, you know, one of our HR professionals will come on there. And so it's, it's a really great, more tight-knit community um, of individuals who are really just helping, supporting, and empowering each other. So it's a great I community. love it. <laughs> so give me, your, give me your title again. I want them to, I want the listeners to hear that. What do you... How do you introduce yourself? Give us your, you know, what they call it, your elevator pitch. What do you, how do you introduce yourself so that when people walk away, they go, oh, I need to talk to her. Yeah, well, I am Nativa, the frugal creditista, financial educator, certified credit expert, and a financial coach. And I teach people how to master their money, destroy their debts, and soar their credit scores so they can begin leveraging their finances to create wealth. That is my elevator pitch. <laughs> 
See, that see. is it. So at the core, I am a I'm a financial coach. I love empowering people to, um, I love educating, equipping, and empowering people to transform their finances. Uh, you are fun. amazing. You are really amazing. Do you have a book? I do not. You know, you are not the first person to have said that, but writing a book is a lot of energy. So I'm going to be one of those people that gets a ghostwriter to help me get my thoughts on paper. <laughs> no, I, I know from experience, I'm still, um, and I, I thought it was me because mm-hmm. I've been working on a book. It's, it's been, it's come from an idea actually from 10 years ago. Um, and it has to do with mindset. It's a, it's a very much I of a mindset book. With you. Yes. And I, as I was going through the, and I'm still, I'm just about to finish. I thought it was me. I thought, oh God, I'm horrible at this. And it's taking so long. And it's, but then I would t- listen to other people and they were like, oh my gosh, that, oh my God, it's taking, yes. it is, you're not kidding. I had I, no idea. I thought I was a failure. No, no, it's a lot. But you know what? That's why they have professionals. I mean, some people think ghostwriters are just there to write the book for you. Mm -hmm. But ghostwriters are also there to help pull those thoughts out of your head and give voice to them. And then there's an approval. Okay, if that's what you feel, they give it back to you. And you say, no, I really feel this. And I want to say this. or I want to emphasize that. Okay, let me go back and work on it. So then they're they're bringing your voice to life. So I'm not the hiring a ghostwriter to be like, yeah, write my book. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, because I remember even Michelle Obama said that while her and Barack were together, he he had to leave for six to eight months to finish his book. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's the stories that I have heard from other people have been I, I literally was pulling my hair out and I thought, OK, I'm just not good at this and. But no, I've heard so many stories. My ears always perk up when I hear someone talk about the struggle, the struggle to get that book Mm -hmm. out. So it looks like it's going to, if it doesn't get out this year, it'll be, it'll be 2021 for sure. But I love it. I love it. Get a good editor. And you're, I mean, if you were able to, like, I applaud you. You may say it took 10 years. I believe every, every bit of that. (laughs) I believe it, it's a lot. And so eventually I was like, okay, Nativa, like, is, are you the best person to really get this on paper if people are asking for it now? Because people have asked for my budget mastery because I did a webinar on how I did my budget and mm-hmm. how, you know, I, I wrote, you know, heard enterprises at the top and I start, you know, separating, um, making sure that I separated all of my emails so that every, so I pretty much created our own internal accounting department. People were like, oh my God, you should write a book on that. And I was like, I probably should. I was like, you know, it's taking too long. It's been like three years already. Yeah. And so that's what I was eventually like, okay, I got to put, then someone else took my Rock Your FICO class and they were like, you should turn this into a workbook with a book. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, this is a lot now. This is two books that haven't no. been done. <laughs> seriously, seriously. You are, um, I, I, I just think, this is this is the uh, first time I've had a chance to talk to you for this length of time I have appeared on you know one of your um one of your shows but to get to talk to you this up close and personal you are I am in awe of how amazing you are and how much energy great energy that you put out there I I hope everybody takes the time to listen to this call because I, I, you just gave so much, you gave so much and it, you gave it with like, it, it came deep from your soul. And the, 
I'm, like I said, I'm going to be having some of your isms. I'm <laughs> yes. And I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to write all this down. This is the, this was a perfect, perfect, um, to help people get to where they need to be. You just gave me more than I even was expecting. Um, very powerful. And, and thank you so much. So I'm going to give the last words to you before we finish off this call. I'll let you end the call for us. I just want to thank you for having me on. You have always been a true pleasure to connect with and know. I love your movement. I love how you pivot and how much you care for your community. So I'm excited um, and honored to be a part of it. Um, I look forward to uh, the many new people inviting into, we call each other prosperity partners. So our prosperity partner family, whether it's to serve you one-on-one -on -one in our credit services, to have you as a student uh, inside of our Credit on Fire Academy, or even just to hang out and talk money and credit and everything in between inside of my free community credit makes sense on facebook so i'm excited to be connected and get to meet and know all of you guys as well thank you so much everybody i'm so happy to have you here and uh welcome again to another powerful podcast from trade all mark you next time bye-bye